Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I am your host, comedian and writer, Emily Winter. I am so excited to be bringing you this 2022 season of Comedians with Ghost Stories. I am so grateful to everyone that has reached out with a story, a real story that happened to them. If you are a creative type who has a ghost story, something that happened to you, um, that's pretty remarkable, and you want to tell it on the pod, reach out to me, email me at emcwinter at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, enjoy this episode. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have Nora Panahi. Nora, thank you for doing the pod. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. I love ghosts, and I love comedians. So oh my I'm gosh, <laughs> very excited to be here. We are on the same page and I have been, I was going through our old messages. I've been trying to get you on this pod for a long time. And so I'm really happy that um, you are available and we made it work. And yes. Yes, it was meant to be. Yes. So tell me, is your, so you are uh, podcasting from Boston right now and where does your story take place? So my story takes place on a private school campus uh, just outside of Boston and Wellesley. I'm not going to say the name of the school, but if you have the power of Google, it'll be very easy to figure out the place <laughs> that I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so I've stayed, I've grown up in the Boston area and been around here my whole life almost, so. Oh my gosh. So did you go to this, sorry, did you say it was a boarding school? Yeah, so my mom uh, taught at this school. She still teaches there. And we were lucky enough to live on campus in campus housing. That's so uh, cool. And so I grew up there. I think we moved onto campus when I was seven years old. And then I lived there until I was 19. Oh so, my God, that's so And then cool. also went to the middle school and through the high school. So spent a lot of time. And I'm guessing this is a very old campus. Yep, founded in 1881. Uh, we lived in, for the better part of the time that I lived on campus, we lived in the old health center. So we're all of the, it was an all girls school. So this is where all the girls who were boarders or sick would be up in their hospital beds. And Oh, from, interesting. For so a like certain I amount of time. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what decades it was the health center, but it was a good amount of time. I feel like it was that converted into poorly carpeted faculty housing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you saying that I can picture the like thin carpet, like thin the... gray carpet. Yep. Yeah. So a health center, I feel like lends itself a little bit to a haunting people there are younger. So it may, you know, not be as like scary as a hospital, but I think it's got a lot of holds probably a lot of past anxiety and everything. So yeah. Oh, totally. And my mom actually, when I told her I was doing this podcast, cause she's, my whole family is either sensitive to or obsessed with the supernatural. So okay. and which one are you? Us, a little bit of both. Mostly okay. obsessed with. Okay. <laughs> I Amazing. prefer to be on that side so that I don't have to see or interact with ghosts. Uh, but I like to hear about them and think about them mm -hmm. from a safe distance. But when I told my mom I was doing this podcast, she goes, oh, you're going to talk about the footsteps that we used to hear in the house all the time, right? And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't know that. And she said that, so we lived on the top two floors of the house and there were a few staircases leading up to our apartment, but the back staircase we never used because it just led down to the basement. Um, mm -hmm. But apparently she and my dad, because their bedroom was right over that staircase, they would hear footsteps in the middle of the night going up and down the stairs all the time. Oh, I got chills. I love Which it. Nobody ever told me when I was young and living in the house, but I know now. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, so scary. Okay, great. Okay. So what did you experience? Yeah. So uh, 
I, I have a bit of a few experiences. So I want to set the scene a little bit with this school. Like I said, it was founded in 1881. It's an all girls school. It was founded as the theater school for Wellesley College. So it has a really long history with, you know, Wellesley in particular. But something really interesting about the school is that there are tunnels underneath uh, the dorms for storms and for easy access and for, I think, mostly for snow emergencies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But people would have weird experiences in or around the tunnels. I had a friend my freshman year of school who was a boarder, and she told a story about standing at the top of the stairs by herself, looking down to the stairs that entered the tunnels and just felt something push her. And she <laughs> fell down a flight of stairs and she turned around. There was nobody there. She didn't hear any footsteps. She didn't, it wasn't the wind. She just felt a hand on her back and ended up at the bottom of the stairs. Oh my God. Yeah. So I never experienced anything like that. Uh, there was a myth at the school that this girl, Chloe with a K, I don't know if it was always a K or if that was like a late stage Kardashian influence, <laughs> but <laughs> There was a legend that a girl named Chloe fell off the balcony in the auditorium, which is the oldest building on campus, and died. And that oh her spirit haunts all of the traditions of the school and watches over the school. So there's a lot of ghostliness, you know, involved in the school and involved in like the mythology and the narrative that we tell ourselves about the school. So, oh my God, I love all of it. This is amazing. So knowing all of this and having grown up in the area or on the campus for such a long time, when I was about 15, I became convinced that I was being followed by some kind of spirit, some kind of ghost. And there were three major incidents that happened that made me convinced that this was going on. Oh my God. So the first, my bedroom was in the attic of the old health center. And there was a little uh, Coraline door. I don't know how else to describe it, but a, like a little tiny child-sized door okay. in the bedroom that led to like the attic crawl space. Okay. And oh God, that's I so was, scary. Yeah. I was absolutely terrified of sleeping in this room. And yet I did it for 12 years. So <laughs> I was once this is going to take us back to the past. I was sitting on a beanbag chair and mm -hmm. I was watching a DVD on my computer, which mm -hmm. is a very old sentence. Uh, for those of you who don't know, DVDs are like streaming, but they're a, an item that you can put into things and <laughs> streaming just magically appears. It's crazy. I was watching, it was 2011. I think I was watching the Avengers movie on DVD because I was mm -hmm. a big nerd. And I heard this kind of scratching sound while I was watching this movie. And I look over to where I hear the source of the sound and the case for the DVD is just very gently kind of gliding along the floor. You know, Whoa. it's just making its progress across the wood floor. And I thought, okay, you know, I have my AC on, we get bugs in this place. Maybe, you know, there's some little ant carrying 40 times its weight, this DVD case. And so I look back at the screen and I'm focusing on this movie and the case shoots across the room, <gasps> just slides across the floor, ends up on the other side of the room. Not something my AC could have accomplished. Not something a bug could have done. Not something a bug could have done without the help of performance enhancing drugs. <sighs> and so that was that. That was my first experience. Oh my God. And I told some friends' parents about it who were really into ghosts. And they were like, no, you're just imagining it. That didn't happen. You're just trying to scare us, blah, blah, blah. 
What did your so parents I, say? I don't know if I told my parents. Cause I, when I was telling my mom that I was doing this podcast, she goes, you never saw any ghosts. What are you going to talk about? And so I, yes, I did. So I assume I just never told them about it. But I think it's kind of weirdly common for people not to tell the other people in their house to try to like protect them. But then it's mm-hmm. actually like, we need all the information to come together to help us figure out what's going on here. Yeah. We need to unite with one another so that we can provide a united front against any demonic presences. Exactly. And I did not give my family that courtesy. <laughs> well, so. they didn't either to be fair. So very true. That's true. Um, so that happened. And then a few weeks later, I was at the school, like I said, my mom teaches at the school. And so I would spend a lot of time in the classroom building late at night, you know, hanging out with my mom after everybody had left, after the janitors had cleaned up. And it was a really nice building. You know, I grew up running around the halls and always had a, I, my big goal was when I was in fourth grade was to, after graduation, strap on my Heelys and Heely down the longest hallway because it was perfect Healy location. I never got to do it, but I dreamed about it. But I was in the bathroom late at night and by late at night, like maybe six or seven later than anyone else was there. Okay. And I very stupidly as teenagers do forgot to take my phone out of my pocket. When I sat down on the toilet, it fell into the toilet. Oh, tragedy. Yeah. And so this was the, you know, the bathroom is clean, nobody around. I frantically pulled it out of the toilet. I cover it in toilet paper. I go and I throw the toilet paper in the trash can and the trash can had just been emptied. So there's nothing in it. Throw the toilet paper in the trash can. I get a bunch of paper towels. I'm sopping up my phone because I didn't know the rice trick yet. I go and I throw the paper towels in the trash can and I turn back into the stall to get my jacket. And when I go to leave, I noticed that the paper towels that I've just thrown in the trash can are suddenly covered in blood. <gasps> there is just a very thick blood spatter that has appeared on the trash can. Oh my God. And wait, so right- they're still in the trash can, but it's like it hit the trash can and then went in and now there's like, there's blood where it was. Yep. So I had turned my back and when I came out, cause I, you know, I put the tape paper towels in, I turned back to get my jacket. I come back out and these fresh paper towels are just covered in blood. Oh my God. And right when I see this, the motion sensor lights turn off <gasps> in the bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so scary. And so I hauled ass out of there. And I don't know if I told my mom or if I just said the lights are being weird, but I was gaslighting myself into believing that I was crazy and that it wasn't a ghost. Uh-huh. Because what else are you supposed to do, you know? Holy and cow. So that sat with me for a while. Oh my uh, God. Did you tell your friends? I told my friends. They thought it was crazy. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were all into like, you know, scary stuff, my chemical romance. So they were all, you know. They this is perfect. But you were definitely too scared to go back in there and check afterward, right? I used the downstairs bathroom for weeks after that. I refused okay. yeah. to use any other bathroom. And so the big culmination of all of it was I was a, I was taking guitar lessons at school. There was a, it wasn't just one big building. There were a lot of different buildings across campus, like a college. And so 
the music school was a few streets over from my house and I had lessons at like seven or 8 PM. And then I would walk home alone at night. So it was just a couple blocks across campus. And I would always freak myself out walking home because I was a very anxious kid and mm-hmm. hadn't gotten on medication yet. So I was just every <laughs> shadow, every sound just scared the shit out of me, especially Can with I- all this other stuff going on. I've been recording a lot of these and anxiety of teenagers is a through line for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And like, I wasn't, I wasn't medicated yet. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what made the ghosts stay away. They're like, oh, she's on Prozac now. Let's just. (laughs) But one night, and this was a few weeks after the phone thing had happened, I was walking back home through the dark with my guitar on my shoulders And as I was walking under the streetlights on my street, they would turn off. No. And after I passed underneath them, they would turn back on. And so it was, one would go out as I walked under it and then the next one, but they would turn on as soon as I passed underneath them. Oh my God. And so I stopped dead in my tracks and I yelled because, I, you know, nobody else was around. And I said, okay, I get it. You're trying to scare me. Whatever ghost you are, I know you're there. Leave me alone. I'm scared. You win. <laughs> and the light that I was standing underneath turned back on. And that was the end of it. Whoa. Nothing else happened after that. I stood my ground and I yelled at the ghost and it left me alone. Oh my gosh. And also I wonder, like, this makes me wonder if, okay, so the blood thing is like, okay, this ghost was definitely trying to scare you if it's the same ghost. Yeah. I guess I was like, I just, does it want attention and it's not trying to scare you, but there's no justification for the blood. Um, if it's not trying to for the blood. And I remember thinking in the moment, like, oh, maybe somebody had a nosebleed or something. Right. But nobody else had been in the bathroom. I very clearly saw that the trash can was empty and then it wasn't empty. Holy shit. That is so scary and crazy. Oh my gosh. I mean, not like, I don't believe the crazy, but just like, whoa, that's like mind blowing. So, so after this, I'm sure you're like on your guard, even though, you know, nothing ever happens again, but you don't know that yet. So I'm sure you're just like on guard for the rest of your time there. For the rest of my childhood. Yes. (laughs) So what do you think, what do you think it was? I don't know. I think there's a lot of, so I have more spooky stories that I can tell about the school and just weird things that happened there while I was there. But I think it was just some kind of friend who wanted my attention. And when I gave them attention and called them out, they got what they wanted and they left me alone. Oh my gosh. Well, if you, if you don't mind, I mean, I love scary stories. So if you want to tell more from this campus, I would love that. Yeah. So Another one that happened was when I was in eighth grade. It was before all of that. I had my best friend, Blair. uh, She was the only other queer person in my grade. So we got along great. Uh, It was before I was out, but she could tell. (laughs) She was a really talented writer and storyteller. And so one day we were sitting at lunch and she was like, do you guys want me to just come up with a story and tell you guys a story on the spot? And we said, fuck yeah, that's great. You know? That'd be really fun. And so she came up with this story about this group of friends who went into the woods and they were at this cabin and they found these different colored candles. And when they lit the yellow candle, 
somebody caught on fire. And when they lit the green candle, somebody lost all of their money. And when they lit the black candle, somebody died. Whoa. And I think there was one where it was like, they, she, somebody lit a red candle and they started bleeding uncontrollably. And it was this really long, you know, 45 minute tale that she just spun for us on the spot. And as soon as she was done telling it, the fire alarm goes off. Oh, that's really scary. And we were like, oh, Blair, did you do that? And she was like, oh yeah, I totally did. You know, just joking around. Yeah. Then a couple days later, I was cleaning out my room and I found an old purse of mine that I hadn't, you know, touched in years. And there were just magically $60 in cash in it. Oh my God. That's like a million dollars when you're in eighth grade. And I was like, I just found $60. And I texted Blair. I was like, I just, you know, I just found this money in my purse. And she goes, that's crazy. I just spent an hour trying to find the cash from my wallet. It's gone. I don't know where it went. And Blair was, she came from a very wealthy family. So she always had cash on her. Yeah. And so, you know, we just chalked it up to coincidence. We were making jokes, you know, you know, the candles, you know, somebody's lighting the candles and this is happening to us. Then I think either the next day or a couple days later, we were at rehearsal for the play we were doing. And our friend Shana, who had been sitting with us during this story, comes rushing into the auditorium and finds Blair and me. And she's like, do you guys see what's on my hands? And she shows us her hands and it looks like just all of the blood vessels in her hands have popped. Like, Whoa. It, she wasn't bleeding, but her hands were completely red. And she goes, Whoa. I tried to wash them. I don't know what's happening. I don't feel any pain, but it looks like my hands are covered in blood. Oh my gosh. And so at that point we were pretty freaked out. And yeah. We were kind of like whipping ourselves into a tizzy about what's going to happen with the black candle. Somebody's going to die. Yeah. And so Shayna was convinced it was her because she found the blood on her hands. Blair was convinced it was her because she told the story in the first place. I was convinced it was me because I was an anxious mess and a narcissist. And <laughs> to me. And so a few weeks go by and we forget about it. And then we have an all school assembly and the head of the middle school tells everybody that her brother has just mysteriously died out of nowhere. Whoa. Whoa. And, you know, she took a few weeks off work, but Blair tormented herself over this thinking that she had caused this woman's brother to die. Oh, that's so sad. Story that she told. And it all had happened in the order that the, you know, characters mm-hmm. had lit these candles in mm-hmm. the story, which, and you're kind yeah. of in this weird magical place and you're like, like, like the, your location, the school. And you're mm-hmm. like, maybe this has power. Oh my God. It hurt us. And it killed that poor woman's brother. Oh my God. That's an amazing story. Holy oh, cow. Yeah. So were you guys like, okay, we're not gonna like, I, what was the reaction to that? Were you like, we're not going to tell any more scary stories for a while the reaction was Blair stick to stuff that's already written don't come up with stuff on the spot anymore in case bad things happen to us which is such a bad lesson for just the rest of her life because that's an amazing ability but maybe at the school (laughs) yeah 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 holy cow oh I will say she did our senior year of high school write a self-insert fan fiction about her and one of my friends hooking up. And uh, he came out to me as gay a few weeks later. So it didn't, she wasn't 
all powerful in terms of <laughs> bringing reality from her stories. Or creating oh reality. my God. It's but. so funny. It's, you know, hooking up as a teenager is uh, harder, uh, even with supernatural elements. Like there's, there's nothing harder than that. Um, oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Sure. Wow. Wow. This place yeah. is kind of amazing. I like want to visit. I'm trying to think. I know there was one other incident that wasn't huge. I probably should have led with it so that we get the escalation of the the traditional way to tell a story. (laughs) That's totally okay. We'll take it as it comes. We'll fix it in post, you know, just Frankenstein this together. (laughs) But I had a sleepover at the old health center house uh, when I was about like 14 or 15. And it was for Halloween And it was the same group of friends. And I think it was a couple, maybe a year or two after that whole candle incident had happened. Mm -hmm. And so I was like thoroughly freaked out and convinced that I was haunted. And two of my friends thought it would be really funny to convince me that my house was haunted. And they said, we're not going to sleep up in your bedroom because there's a ghost in your bedroom. They said, there's a ghost behind the Coraline door. She's going to get us. And I was, I don't know if the burp just registered on the microphone, but Mm -mm. Well, just pretend it didn't. And so I was freaked out. You know, I knew that they were just trying to fuck with me and that we were just trying to freak ourselves out on Halloween like kids do. And finally they were like, we were up there and the air conditioner turned itself off and all these lights were flickering. And I was like, no, they weren't. I don't believe you. And so they go, okay, let's go upstairs. And so we all in a group, we tiptoe up the stairs And we get into my room and the girls have turned the lights off. They've turned the air conditioner off. And I had these, like, I think I'd gone to a concert or something and I'd gotten two pairs of those led light up glasses Mm -hmm. that like, you know, you push a button and they start flashing red and blue and green. And I had set them on like a hanger or something like a standing hanger in my room and they had been turned on and they were flashing. And I was like, oh my God, those weren't working the last time I tried to turn them on. How are those on? And obviously these girls have turned them on. But while we are standing there trying to convince ourselves that these friends are just playing a prank on us, the glasses fall to the ground and the air conditioner turn back on. Oh my God. And it was like, fuck you. We do, uh, we're the ghost. And we run downstairs screaming. I couldn't sleep. And in the middle of the night, I rolled over to these girls and I was like, can you guys please just tell me like, you did all that, right? And they're like, yeah, we turned off the AC and we turned the glasses on, but the rest of it, we did not orchestrate in any Oh my God. So Your house was super haunted, man. Super haunted. And my parents still live there. They moved to the downstairs apartment of that house, but they still live there. Have they had any experiences downstairs? Not that they've shared with me, but we've learned that they're not forthcoming with that. (laughs) And you were saying that you were, when we were starting the podcast, you were borrowing headphones from your sister. Did your sister ever have any um, experiences in that place? Not that she's shared with me. She did used to like make very weird noises in her sleep. I don't know if that's supernatural or just like a snoring problem. (laughs) (laughs) She used to either like, I don't know if it's, if I would describe it as gurgling or speaking in tongues, it's a okay. little bit of both that she would do. And that would always freak the shit out of me when I was a kid. 
Absolutely. So now with the benefit of some hindsight, what do you make of that place? And you said you're a little both and like obsessed and a little bit, maybe like you have a little bit of a sensitivity toward this stuff. Has that followed you? Or do you feel like it's like it's in this, it was the place or do you feel like it's you or what do you, yeah. I think I'm giving myself too much credit. I don't know if I'm sensitive to it because my current house in Medford I found out uh, from a previous tenant that this is the house where the former mayor of Medford died. Oh, wow. That he, in fact, died in my bedroom where (gasps) I lay my sweet head every night. Is that where you are currently? That is where I am currently. And it's got, I just want to paint the picture. It's got like the old like wall, like wooden, like paneled walls. Like it's very cool looking. Walls. We've got a credenza. We've got old seventies wallpaper. It's, we've got black mold, you know, it's very <laughs> <laughs> all the fixings. It's a vintage house. Yeah. But a couple weeks ago, I've been stage managing a musical and we've been doing rehearsals here when it's not too hot. And one of my cast members didn't even come up into the apartment. They came in through the front door because we live on the second and third floor. Again, they come in through the first door or the front door and they go, Oh, Nora, your house is very happily haunted. Oh, Whoa. I was like, oh, is it because the mayor died here? And they were like, oh yeah, there's definitely somebody here. He's happy. He's not going to bother you, but he's here. Oh my gosh. How do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. Cause I feel like he would have made himself known to me by now if he wanted to. I think he just, I mean, this is a great house. I think he just doesn't want to leave. Do you feel, do you feel like a little bit of like, have Having recently heard that, do you feel the need to like, I don't know, get in touch with him, do a Ouija board, get a psychic over? I've watched too many horror movies to ever attempt to make contact with anything. Mm -hmm. I would prefer to leave them to do their stuff and have me do my stuff. Um, I'm happy to share the space as long as we don't ever interact. (laughs) That is very wise and mature. And I am not sure I would react the same way. I respect it a lot. (laughs) Um, My sister's boyfriend, Luan, has said he spends a lot of time in the attic because that's where they work. And he's said that he always feels like somebody's watching him in the house, not in a bad way, not in a dangerous way, but he has said that he definitely feels something. I kind of wish that famous last words, right? Like it would be very cool to have that feeling in like an office space because I feel like I would stop fucking around and I like... My problem is like, I'll write like two pages of a script and I'll be like, that was so much. And then I'll scroll for 45 minutes on my phone. You know, it's like, if there was, if I was, if I felt like I was being watched, maybe I would be like, and I will continue to write this script. You know, my ghost boss is breathing down my neck. I gotta get these deliverables in on time. Exactly. Oh my God. Well, this has been an awesome podcast episode. I'm so excited to put this out. Um, Nora, my mom did say she, Asked that I share this because she's very excited. So she wanted me to share that I'm not the only one who's experienced ghosty things in the family. Uh, Before I was born, before she even knew she was pregnant with me, she had a dream that her grandmother told her that she was pregnant with a little girl. And then either the next day or two days later, she found out she was pregnant with me. That is so beautiful. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad that you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. My mom had suffered a couple miscarriages before that. And so like she said, that was the first time she saw her grandma tell her that she was pregnant. It was the first pregnancy that actually stuck. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so sweet. Yeah. So she wanted that shout out because she wants a little bit of credit for also having some ghosty uh, experiences. Oh, I love it. That's a, that's a fun, like heartwarming story, which I also, I love very much. So tell her, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think she had a similar thing with her other grandma when my sister was, when she's pregnant with my sister, but I'm really can't confirm that I'm, I might be extrapolating, but I think she did. Amazing. Um, well, this was awesome. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so uh, much for having me. This is one of my favorite podcasts and I have been you. a huge fan since you first started posting that you were doing it. So thank you so much. We'll tell people where they can find you on the internet, anything that you want to plug, go for it. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at who killed Nora Panahi. <laughs> you can find me. Oh no, wait, my Twitter is at who killed Nora. And then my Instagram is at who killed Nora Panahi. So if you want to know the answer to that question, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Oh my God. Amazing. Uh, I, I love those. Am- currently working with the queer theater project in Somerville to put on, it might've already, might already happen by the time this airs, but if you want to give the queer theater project some love for their upcoming performances after title of show at the end of August, please do. They're great. We are constantly looking for volunteers and actors and techies and everything in the Boston area. So if you want to come be gay and do theater, come hit us up. That is so cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for doing the pod. Uh, You are a wonderful guest and I can't wait to put this out. Thanks, Emily. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily MC Winter. Again, that's Emily MC Winter. Um, And please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. It helps people find the podcast and makes me so happy. Have a great week.